Let's talk about it. 877-337-6666. Powered by Paramount+. Plus. Stream the NFL on CBS live on Paramount+. Plus. Oh, yeah. McMonagle here with you. I just got something on Twitter. Uh, you know, someone's killing me. Mother of God, Roadhouse looks horrible. <laughs> I thought the trailer looked good. I mean, yeah, he. the opening scene of the trailer is a little bit of that. Um, if you ever saw Jack Reacher with Tom Cruise, not the new TV show, that I've seen a couple episodes of the first season. I know they just came out with a second season. It looks pretty good. It was actually pretty good. But the, the movie with... Uh, Tom Cruise, where he has this the fight scene with the guys, and he he like gives them the hey, you know, you remember you wanted this, and he like kind of scares them into uh, you know before they fight, he tries to let them know that he's dangerous and they're all going to get hurt. And Jake Gyllenhaal has a little bit of that where he's like, you know, do you guys have dental insurance? Like, so all right, a little corny, I'll give you that. But then he proceeds to oh, slap them, and I thought the slaps were funny. I like the patronizing fight when you're better than everybody, and he was just slapping them open-handed slaps. I thought it was good. Plus, it's Roadhouse, and Jake Gyllenhaal is awesome. So I'm looking forward to it. I understand maybe some people might not like it. And people don't like the idea of remaking these movies. I get it. And I also heard something. I saw something on Instagram because I'm a big Beatle guy and a Lord of the Rings guy. I heard something I'd never heard before. I had never heard this before. But apparently, in 1970... Before the Beatle breakup, I guess, or right around the Beatle breakup, or, you know, whenever, they were in talks. I've never heard this before in my life. They were in talks to have a Stanley Kubrick-directed Lord of the Rings where the four hobbits, Bilbo, Sam, Gamgee, uh... Mary and Pippin were going to be the Beatles. I've never heard that before. I've never heard that that movie almost got made. Stanley Kubrick, obviously of 2001 Space Odyssey, famous... I'm sorry, uh, what am I saying? Kubrick, it's just Kubrick. Yeah, you're saying Q, it's Kubrick. It's Kubrick, I'm sorry. I don't know why I said Kubrick. Man, I'm thinking of Kubert? I don't know. Kubrick. Famous director of 2001 Space Odyssey, like, you know, famous director, and made different kind of movies. The idea that he was in the in discussions to make a Lord of the Rings with the Beatles as the four hobbits. One, it as much as I love the Beatles, and go watch Hard Day's Night. I suggest it to anybody. Hard Day's Night is an actually excellent movie. It's got the music in it, yes. It's got, you know, they perform in the movie, all the music. It's great. But just the actual scenes between them, they're really funny, good actors in that element of being themselves. Like, I don't know if they could have stepped in and played Bilbo Baggins, like, seriously. That would have been, I don't know, I don't know if even John Lennon or Ringo's, who got some movies, like, and Ringo was really the star of, the acting star of Hard Day's Night. He got a lot of praise for his portrayal as, like, the lonely wanderer in Hard Day's Night, I don't know if they could have been like legitimate actors in a a Hobbit movie 
trying to you know get the ring back to Mordor. I just I don't know if that I don't know if that would have been possible. But since we're talking about movies, I heard that yesterday. I forgot to bring it up on the show. I had never heard that before. And I hear I hear almost everything about the Beatles. I'd never heard they were in talks to star in a Lord of the Rings movie in nineteen seventy. That would have been probably really bad. Eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. All right, let's get to Kayvon Thibodeau, who uh had some things to say about who gets paid and when uh, when they get paid. So he was on this, uh, what is it called? The 7 p.m. in Brooklyn podcast. It's got Carmelo Anthony in it. And uh, well, Carmelo is one of the hosts. And talking about the season, he talked about the idea that, in his mind, Saquon Barkley should have been paid before Daniel Jones. And that Saquon Barkley was responsible last previous year when they made the playoffs, responsible for 30% at least of the explosive plays inside the offense. And that for him and the team, and he made it seem like the team, which is the interesting part a little bit, that the guy's in the room and, and he felt that if we're being fair and it's about respect and it's about who's, you know, who's really impacting the team. And he did say that he respects Daniel Jones and he's a believer in Daniel Jones. He was kind of cut off. And again, I didn't listen to the whole podcast. I heard the clip. saw the clip. And it sounded like he was trying to say he believes in Daniel Jones and respects Daniel Jones and likes Daniel Jones and believes Daniel Jones is a quarterback uh, for this team. And he also talked about the idea that he felt like heading into the year they were going to be a 12-win team and, and compete for the Super Bowl. So that's with Daniel Jones as the quarterback. So I don't think he disrespected Daniel Jones all that much. But a little bit. A little bit, and he talked about the idea that Saquon Barkley should have been paid first, and he doesn't, you know, necessarily, it's not his business to understand the franchise tag or this or that, but when it comes to who is important on the team, Saquon Barkley should have been paid. And he made it seem like the entire team felt that way. Well, the first couple things I'll say is when it comes to who gets paid first, like, that is not just a Daniel Jones conversation. I know it became that when it was down to the wire of the franchise tag. When it came down to, well, what are you going to do? You got a franchise tag, someone, deadline. Uh, well, they, they signed a contract with Daniel Jones, therefore they're able to tag Barkley. Because they were going to get to a point where if they didn't come to a contract with Daniel Jones, they were going to have to tag Daniel Jones. And if you look at the tag number for a quarterback versus the tag number for a running back, there was no doubt which position was more favorable to tag. That's just a business I mean, that's just like Kayvon Thibodeau and these guys need to understand the business of running back versus quarterback, and it's not as easy to just say who was more explosive and who helped the team more offensively. Because if you look at it, if you wanted both of them, and yes, I suppose they could have paid both of them contracts, but they offered Saquon Barkley contracts. Like, is that also forgotten on Kayvon Thibodeau? They offered him a contract midseason. They offered him a contract at the end of the season. He chose not to accept it. And then they went to the borderline and the deadline of the franchise tag. And there is no doubt if you were going to keep both of them, who's better to franchise tag for the betterment of your team that you think could go 12 and 5? They needed both of them. And Saquon Barkley, unfortunately, plays a running back position. We've talked about that market. And the other thing is, it's not necessarily those two, even though it came down to that. Did, are there any complaints about paying Andrew Thomas first? 
who is a top five left tackle protecting the quarterback, one of the most important positions in the NFL? Does he work hard? Is he responsible for helping the team make explosive plays? Or Sexy Dexy, who got a contract, who got paid? Did he not deserve it first? Who you have personally called the best defensive lineman you've ever played with? And one of the best, if not the best, interior lineman in the NFL? Like, I understand the love of Saquon Barkley. And I understand how this team feels about Saquon Barkley and the leader that Saquon Barkley is. And I respect it, and it's real, and you're clearly hearing from guys right now who talk about it openly, how much he means to the team. DeVito just did something with Saquon and talked about how much he means, and he's the greatest teammate he's ever had, and uh, someone needs to pay him back to truck up and pay this man, whether it's the Giants or anybody else. He's the best, and I understand how much he means to the team. And there's a chance. I don't know how much it actually impacted the, the, the team, because it was handled rather quickly. He didn't have to hold out. There wasn't any time where Saquon was away from the team. Much to the, uh, you know, res- uh, you know, due to mainly Saquon Barkley not wanting to hold out. And I respect the hell out of Saquon Barkley for that. Saquon Barkley could have easily held out. And I don't think anyone would have begrudged him a second of time that he decided to stay away from the team holding out for a better contract. I certainly would have. I would not have held a – he could have held out up until the first game of the year, and I would have understood it, and I would have respected it because these guys literally put their lives in their hands. And he's been hurt, and he did impact almost 30%. I think I saw uh, the the, um, talking Giants guys from John Boy put out the statistic of it was actually 28%, which is pretty close. Kayvon was right. About 30% of the explosive plays, and I I don't know what the exact uh, demarcation of explosive means, plus 20 yards or whatever, but about 28% of the explosive plays from that playoff season was due to Saquon Barkley. And I'm sure the team loves him. He's a great teammate. He was the offense that year. As much as we all we have that conversation about Daniel Jones over and over again, Saquon Barkley was the most important piece to that offense, was the most successful piece to that offense. And in certain games, you go back to the Houston game, that they won an ugly game against the lousy Texans. It was, what do you have, 40 carries, 38 carries? I mean, he was a beast. And single-handedly won them that game, along with a couple of turnovers late in the game from the defense. Daniel Jones did absolutely nothing in that game. But there were other guys to get paid, and unfortunately, at premium positions. And Saquon Barkley doesn't play one. And so to go on a podcast and talk about who should have got paid first, and it's about respect, and it's about this, it, I wonder if it's going to be a problem with this team and how they handle Saquon Barkley moving forward. And that's really all I care about, because we could talk about what it meant to the team previously and you know Saquon Barkley's previous contract, and none of that matters. That's in the past. Because right now, he does not have a contract. And I'm wondering if Kayvon Thibodeau is just the one voice of many and and DeVito, one voice of many inside that locker room and inside that clubhouse who will feel a certain way if respect is not shown to Saquon Barkley. And ultimately, that could be an issue because I'm not so sure showing Barkley the ultimate respect of a multi-year deal or even tagging him to keep him on the team is what's best for the franchise moving forward. Particularly if they, you know, 
draft a young quarterback, as much as I love the idea of having that security blanket and someone like Saquon Barkley making explosive plays, as much as 30% of them for the team, I love that security blanket for a young player, and I think it's important. But if you franchise tag him and lock in $12.5 million in a cap sport to your running back, it makes it more difficult to do other things that I'd rather give that young quarterback, like an offensive line, like wide receivers, like a pass-catching tight end. I mean, I know that hopefully they have one in Waller if he's not too busy making rap albums, which it doesn't really That's just a quip. I don't really care what he does in the offseason. Make a rap album. I don't care. But be focused on football and try and stay healthy. And that's what happens when you make a rap album. That's what people are going to focus on when you were hurt the whole year and didn't do anywhere near the production you were expected to do. Everyone's going to have a problem with it. But do you. But come back ready to play. But So if that's what we're looking at, and especially if you're looking at possibly a young quarterback holding a clipboard for a year, I, I just I don't know if Saquon Barkley being on the Giants as great as he is, as well-respected as he is, as much as he's clearly meaning to the clubhouse, as you hear guys go on the record about him getting paid, I think it means something to this team that Saquon Barkley get his big contract. It clearly does. It means something to Thibodeau. It means something to DeVito. Not that he's a leader on the team, but, I mean, Kayvon Thibodeau is one of the stars of the team, top draft pick. And for him to go on a podcast talking about making sure he gets his and he should have already got his and he should have got his before we paid the quarterback. And that, I mean, as much as he tried to couch it by saying, and I'm a, I'm a Daniel Jones believer, it's hard to say that the running back should have been paid before the quarterback and still come away with the idea of, oh, but I love Daniel Jones. Yeah, okay, sure you did. If you love Daniel Jones, you know how important the quarterback is, and he should be paid before everybody. But yet Saquon Barkley, who's responsible for all the big playmaking, so in other words, Daniel Jones was not. Saquon Barkley should have been paid first. And for me, a person who has talked about Daniel Jones not being the guy, which is now the second angle of this story, first is the Saquon Barkley angle, at least in my mind, and then the second is the Daniel Jones angle. For me, someone who has not seen enough from Daniel Jones, has not seen enough explosive plays, as in neither is Kayvon Thibodeau, and neither is the rest of the team seen enough explosive plays from Daniel Jones. If they had faith in him, if they believed in him, if they wanted him to be the quarterback of this team, they wouldn't be complaining about who got paid first. Just plain and simple. It'd be you would think that they wouldn't this wouldn't be a discussion. Now, part of that is not playing much this year, part of that is getting injured, and part of that is losing. But when you're referencing the one year you had where Daniel Jones won them that playoff game, that's not what he said. He didn't say, Oh, I'm glad they paid Daniel Jones. He won that playoff game. He said Saquon Barkley was responsible for all our big plays. He should have been paid first. Respect for the running back. I don't know about the quarterback. And so for me, just more further reason to move on from the quarterback. It's time to draft a quarterback. I think everyone, and I'm not saying say I'm not saying the Giants players don't like Daniel Jones, don't respect Daniel Jones. We know we know Saquon does. Gave him the vanilla uh, Vela, vanilla Vic nickname. So I mean, he loves him. But 
when the rest of the team is out there clamoring about how unfairly Saquon Barkley has been treated and he got paid first and he should have been paid before the quarterback, makes you wonder the feeling about the quarterback inside that room. 877-337-6666. McMonagle here with you on the fan. Let's take your phone calls. We'll get into the picks in this hour. I'm curious your thoughts, Giant fans, on do you think this is an indictment on Jones? Do you think that there will be a problem inside this locker room if they do not bring back Saquon Barkley? And does the coach, along with needing to calm down his antics on the sidelines, does he need to bring together a room depending on who the quarterback is and whether or not Saquon Barkley is there? Is it an added element to Brian Dable's plate? that he probably doesn't need heading into a third season where Bill Belichick is going to be on the sidelines waiting in the wings while he's under the hottest seat you can possibly imagine off of a miserable season and the antics of losing a defensive coordinator because he was screaming and cursing at him. And he takes the knee and the New York Giants are the Super Bowl 42 champions. When this happened, you talked about it on The Fan. They knock off the mighty Patriots. 17-14. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. All right, 327, McMonagle here with you. We'll get more into the games, obviously. We'll do picks in this hour. We'll break them down a little bit as we look forward to Championship Sunday. I'm going to have a nice little day. I'm supposed to play a little poker early in the day. Then I'll watch the games. Then I'll talk to you guys at 2 o'clock on Monday morning. Break it all down. Looking forward to it. Should be two good games. We'll get into them. 877-337-6666. We just discussed Saquon Barkley, the comments by Thibodeau, and the feeling inside the giant clubhouse about who gets paid, who doesn't get paid, and whether or not it is a dynamic moving forward. That could be an issue if the Giants decide – that Saquon, is this now something that Dable and Shane need to look at and consider when making a, you know, a decision on whether or not Saquon Barkley should be part of this team and how he should be part of this team and whether the franchise tag is is the answer, whether a uh, some you know two year deal is the answer, or if whether moving on is the answer, and is it just a football decision? Or do they have to take in other things into account, like his respect and leadership inside the room, which they should on some level, but how much does that weigh into a decision? And then whether or not this team believes in Daniel Jones. And whether or not there is a feeling inside that room that Daniel Jones, who was not the part, who was not the reason for most of the explosive plays in the team. That's Saquon Saquon Barkley was the reason for most of the explosive plays. As they, as Thibodeau said himself, is there a feeling inside that room that Daniel Jones didn't deserve that contract? Or, you know, Daniel Jones is not as important as Saquon Barkley? Or, it you know, whatever. Is there, is there a feeling about Daniel Jones and what's the feeling about Saquon Barkley inside the Giants? 877-337-6666. Bill in Long Beach. What's up, Bill? Good morning. How are you doing? Good morning, sir. How are we doing? Um, I don't want to spoil your Sunday, but I'm just looking at the weather, and it looks like we're going to be getting a storm into Monday morning, so you might have to fire up that WWE Monopoly again. 
Uh, you kid, I fired up every day. You kid, I was playing. I was I was playing today when my when my my little guy got back from pre K. I had to play the Monopoly game. I play it every day. But you're right. The kids might be home, which means lack of sleep, which is you know what happens. Well, listen. I hope you take care of yourself, man. Thank uh, you, buddy. Sleep is important. Yes, of course. Um, all about Saquon. Um, I'll be honest. I was trying to look up the stats. Uh, before I called in, and I just couldn't find it. Yeah. Um, but I was trying to just refresh my memory in terms of Saquon and his uh, receiving sort of statistics for last this past season and, and last year. But um, you know, off the top of my head, and just in terms of what I'm recalling, like I say to someone who really enjoys watching Saquon play, uh, really appreciates everything he's done for the Giants. As you said before, it hasn't led to winning, um, right? But that you know, nevertheless. Uh, appreciate and respect you know him for who he is as a player oh no doubt no doubt and play hard no doubt he's a great player he does play hard uh he's been in and you know he's been impactful as far as like production of the offense but the offense hasn't been uh hasn't produced enough and it ha- certainly hasn't produced winning and i you know when i draft someone second overall i would ex- I, I would expect to win with them and, and have him impact winning more than he has but again total leader of the team the team loves him and he's been a he's been a great giant. He's done everything you could have hoped for uh, when you drafted him, other than win football games. No, no, without question. Um, and I'll say then, whether it's Kayvon, whether it's that what seem to be endless number of Giants fans that call up uh, praising Saquon and, and wanted him to get paid, as you've said before. That is not how you win football games yeah. and how you've been a winning organization in the NFL today. Um, and I say that in particular because as I was trying to look up the stats. You know, Saquon is not, uh, he's not McCaffrey, right? He's not. No, <laughs> he's, he's not. McCaffrey's, McCaffrey's player, better. He's an explosive dynamic player. Yep. But in terms of what makes a valuable NFL running back these days, it's explosiveness out of the backfield, and it's also explosiveness in the, in the receiving game out of the backfield. Yeah. And as much as I love Saquon, that he does not have that ability to make. He can do it, but that's not that's not what makes a great NFL running back in today's NFL market. And I think this incessant focus on Saquon and getting him paid, and whether it's Kayvon or the Giants fans, it's a distraction, and it's just not looking at reality and how the NFL is played today and what, what the running back position needs to be to be sort of an elite player that, that is going to get paid. Yeah, no, listen, I don't disagree with you. you got to have the all-purpose yards, and thank you for the call, Bill. And he, he's got the ability, and part of it is the, the you know, the the offense and the quarterbacks uh, and Daniel Jones, and then when he's injured, as much as he's injured, um, I think early on he, he struggled with blitz pickup, but he's been better with that. Uh, but yeah, no, his he's not nearly as dynamic. I don't. He doesn't break tackles the way McCaffrey breaks tackles, and I'm going to get into that when I talk about the picks. Um, he doesn't break tackles. He doesn't like. He doesn't get in the end zone as much. Like I know the offense around McCaffrey is better, but you watch him. He's not the same player as McCaffrey. And McCaffrey's the one, you know. And I guess now that uh, Jonathan Taylor got paid with the Colts, but McCaffrey's been the one guy who's got paid over the last couple of years. Him and now now Taylor recently this year. But I don't, and especially at Saquon Barkley's age, already having a knee injury and honestly being injury prone. He misses a couple games a year with ankle sprains. And whether they're fluke injuries or not, it's it's yearly. It's annually. He does it every single year. He misses games. 
and he just hasn't impacted winning. So, yeah, I mean, I think you can find running backs. You can find, what, Pacheco in the sixth or seventh round. You can find guys like that who can come and run the football and figure out a way to be part of your offense. You don't need a first-round pick, and you certainly don't need to pay your running back big off of year, you know, year seven now. Like I, I just, I don't think it's time to give him a contract. Last year made a little bit of sense. I don't know if giving him a contract now makes much sense. And then tagging him, you're, you owe, you can't mess with that money, and it's twelve and a half million dollars on the books that you can't play with, and it's that that's the number. And I don't know if that's what's best for the team either. I'm open to the contract. I'm open to the tag. I'm open to keeping him because of how talented he is and because of what a teammate he is and how much they love him. But, yeah, make no mistake, he is not McCaffrey. And he has not proven to be a running back that you do whatever it takes to keep him. I, Not in my opinion, at least. Mike and New Rochelle. What's up, Mike? Great. What's going on, man? How you been, brother? What's up, buddy? How are you? Uh, hanging in there, man. Another wet and cold night, man. The week is over, thank God, man. Thank God it's the weekend, brother. But um, I'm gonna I, real, right, uh, real quick before I get to the Giants, if I could, um, I just wanted to reiterate how much of a like uh, like Lugie says a dog, uh, Lamar Jackson man. I mean, I had his back in the beginning, you know, and he was representing himself, and I was I yeah. said it to you, I said it to all the guys that I speak to all the time, you know, Sal, BT, all the you know, Tiki. I said if Daniel Jones is worth forty. What in the world is Lamar Jackson going to be worth? Yeah. All right, year, and everybody said, "Ah, question mark, Boomer, question mark, question mark." No, Lamar Jackson is a dog. Good luck. I think they're going to take the Chiefs, but anyway, um, I think they're going to tag Barkley. I don't really, th- I don't think they're done with Daniel Jones. I think draft day is going to be like up in the air. I mean, when it says, oh, the sixth pick in the draft is, you know, like, I have no idea. I don't think any Giants fan right now can say they know if they're going to draft a quarterback, oh, offensive lineman. Yeah. It's up in the air. You know, I, have, like, I have no idea. You're 100% right. It's up in the air. I'm, I'm hoping it's a quarterback. I'm hoping we, I hope they move up and get the quarterback they want. That's what I hope. But I don't know. I want a big boy. Okay? Because no matter who we keep getting, if they're on their back, it doesn't make sense. We gotta make a fun. You know, it's the I'm same argument over and over. The man, Evan Neal, he's got dinosaur arms. If they could ever make him a guard, which he is, he's a true guard. All right, even Tiki had kind of agreed with me on this. He's got real little arms. He's a guard. If they get a big boy tackle and second second round, another. I'm not. I know they're not gonna go two in a row with offensive line, but. If you keep Jones up, standing up, you know, you tag, you know, Barkley, I, I don't think they're going to sign him after the tag, but um, I, don't, I really don't think they're done with, Bar- uh, with Jones. I mean, I really okay, don't. listen, I understand your point. You want to fix the offensive line. I get it. We all want to fix the offensive line. But no matter you, but, what, even no, if that's where I disagree. Don't go, it doesn't, don't go with it doesn't matter who. Of course it matters. Stop. Of course it matters. If you get the great quarterback, it matters. You watch the offensive line improve. C.J. Stroud went to the Texans. Their offensive line was bad last year. They, they made a couple of small little moves. They didn't go out and yep. draft an offensive lineman at the top of the draft. They took the quarterback, and yet now they're winning playoff games inside the AFC. So, it, of course, it matters. All right? Getting, getting the better quarterback helps the offensive line. Stop saying that. And not just you in particular. All of you. 
Stop saying that. It's not true. That it doesn't matter who the quarterback is with the Giants offensive line. It doesn't matter. Of course it matters. Of course it matters. Getting a legitimately good quarterback will change it. Not completely. It needs to get better, of course. But the idea he'll just be on his back running for his life and he'll suck. It's, it's, it's just not accurate. We've seen changes throughout the league. You could change the offensive line without draft picks, without top draft picks, at least without number six overall. And you can make small changes, coaching them up better, and have the quarterback have an understanding of how to maneuver and get rid of the ball better than Daniel Jones has learned how to get rid of the ball. And they could be much better. We see it. Zach Wilson, the offensive line was terrible with the Jets. Simeon comes in, they're better. The offensive line works better. The running game is better. Everything's better with Simeon than it was with Zach Wilson. Not world's better, but better. Why? Because he's a better quarterback. As crazy as that sounds. The better quarterback play, the better offensive line play. They go hand in hand. Now, you can't have a sieve out there. I get it. But Daniel Jones has a lot to do with the failure of Daniel Jones. All right? Enough. Stop blaming everything else and then stop putting all the failures of Daniel Jones on every other quarterback who could possibly step foot in here. Stop. Man, oh, man. Maury and Belmore. What's up, Maury? Tonight is your night, bro. Tonight is your night, bro. All right, so it's a QB conundrum. I think what we have here is a situation where a lot of the players don't like the numbers that Daniel Jones, but any one of them would have taken it. So let's just call a spade a spade. This is not an issue that these adults should deal with in the locker room. I think if, it isn't a, if it's a deal, so I would like to sign them both for one more year. I just feel like we have nothing to lose. Um, well, Daniel Jones is coming back next year. I think there's, it's it's no, it's all but assured for me that Daniel Jones, at least for a I time, agree. will be the quarterback of the New York Giants next yep. year. Agreed. I just think that with Barkley having him and not signing him, maybe the, the, the outcome would be better by having him or maybe sign him for a two- or three-year deal. I know. Let's figure it out. I'd like to have him here versus not. But – that's fine. You could draft someone in the, and you could draft someone and pay him league minimum and get just as much out of him. Well, so I not, maybe not do. just as much, but you can you can live and get a lot out of the running game. If yep. you, you know, like and that's then what? Go ahead. Good. No, I was gonna. I just think that Dan, he as much of an immense talent as he is, he misses games, and you know yep. you can get production from the running game if you coach it up, if you fix the offensive line a little bit. You see running backs be able to do it all over the league. You don't need Saquon yep. Barkley, as dynamic as he may be. They're not good enough to like, you know, have everything else perfect and then, oh, look at the game-breaker that Saquon Barkley is. Like, you just you don't need yeah. it. And I think they stuck to their guns last year without, and, you know, and, and franchising. So I think that that's what they'll probably do, to, to, if anything. So we'll see. That's the that's the that's the the Giants. That's the situation that we'll have to revisit uh, when the season begins. I don't know if he'll even be healthy, so we have to figure it out. There was also a stat that they put in the playoffs: every single uh, seven out of eight quarterbacks that were still in it were all number one draft picks, except for Purdy, right? Which I think is interesting. Yeah. That's, that that talks to your point. Yes, that you got to find the quarterback, the person that drives you there. And then, last but not least. We are the New York Knicks. Go, New York. Go, New York. Go. How great are these guys? I know that's not an anomaly, but I just love the defense. I love the fact that it was halftime. They had 41 points. Um, They had had 41 points. 
And uh, they said on the broadcast it's the lowest uh, point total in any half they've played this year. Listen, if we could just poke the guys in the eye in the beginning of every game, that's, we that's, could do yeah, that. Right. Yeah, if they could just get Mo Larry and Curry, Curly as the uh, as the bench, as the as the bench, and just go out there and poke people in the eye. Thank you, Maury. But it was more than that. That it started way before the the eye poking. Like, and, and again, I don't want to downplay it because it's an impressive win. It's an extremely impressive win. They ran them out of the gym. It's a bit of a statement game, but ultimately they. They went in with a game plan and executed it, and they knew what that would mean. Like, this was the end of a five-gate road trip for the Denver Nuggets against an Eastern Conference team, that it's not that big a deal they lose this game. And they knew that if they got out to an early head start, made things difficult for them, jumped out to a lead, played well, that you could see Denver just go, okay, tonight's not our night. And they did on some level. So, again, I'm not downplaying it necessarily. It was an incredible performance, but... You did not see the best of the Denver Nuggets, and that's fine because on a nightly basis that that that'll happen. And they, they you had to go out there and perform in that first quarter. That changed the game. The first quarter was the game. If the Knicks went out there and didn't play good defense and didn't shoot well, and that game is tied or they're down a point after one, then the, the Nuggets don't fade away, and the Nuggets say, "No, let the hell let's, let's finish out this road trip strong." Instead, it was a twelve point lead at the end of the first quarter and a 21-point lead at the end of the half. And so the second half became easier, which was the game plan and executed perfectly. And so I'm not going to downplay it, but I think tomorrow now, uh, Saturday, becomes a big game. Go out and beat go out and beat Miami. Take this, the momentum of this game and blowing out the Denver Nuggets Take it to the Garden on, on Saturday at 3 p.m. on Channel 7. It's going to be perfect time for me. I don't know how people feel about the afternoon start on a Saturday. It's not like it's in the middle of the summer where we're going to go out and do fun things. I do have my nephew's birthday party early in the day at like a trampoline place. Can't wait for that. kid. Can't wait for that. I wonder if my little guy is going to cry half the time, three quarters of the time, because his big brother's shoving him all over the place. We'll see. But... I mean, three o'clock. I'll probably I'll be just getting home for that uh, Heat game, and I'm looking forward to it. And that's a big game because honestly, it's now a five game win streak. They're eleven and two in their last thirteen since the trade, and this is a game against the team that beat them in the playoffs last year, that made a trade to get better this year, coming off a bad beat against Boston, who was who was not going to fade, who was not on the end of some crazy road trip. At least I don't think so. I'll double check the heat. I don't think they're on. They were just in Boston. It's not like they're across the country the way Denver's been. And this is a game where now you're in a you're going to be in a fight come Saturday. And let's see how they pull it out. Eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. All right, Marco will come in. We'll do picks here, and then we'll get you to the last hour. We'll talk a lot of football. We'll break down the games here to end the show and get you to the warm up show on a Friday morning, a football Friday. The last real one of the year, the Super Bowl, becomes something on its own. And depending on the teams, because we know what some of the storylines are, if the Chiefs are in the game. And nobody wants that. Right? Nobody wants that. The fan is better when you're a part of it. Call us at 877-337-6666. Powered by Paramount+. Plus. Stream the NFL on CBS live on Paramount+. Plus. 
I mean, it's not ABBA, but it's not bad. Let's go! It's a football Friday. We got Championship Sunday coming up. We got Ravens Chiefs. We got 49ers and the Lions. Let's go! We got the, the Ravens favored by three and a half. We got the 49ers favored by a touchdown, like we said. Right now, we got Flegelman in the lead for the playoff record. He is six and four. Marco and myself were both four and six. I had a miserable week last week. I was wrong on everything. I'm going to turn it all around. After this, we'll have our take a chance uh, same game parlay. We'll do on the other side of the update probably. But right now, we will get to the games. Let's break them down. Let's get through our picks again. Ravens minus three and a half. Niners minus seven. Flegelman, you're in first place. Why not start with you? All right. So in the AFC game, that's the one that's first. Start yes. there. I've thought all year that this was going to be the year that the Ravens made it to the Super Bowl. This was going to be the year that Lamar Jackson shut up a lot of his haters who still almost hold that playoff game that he dragged a bad Ravens to to the postseason. They're not good in the game. They lose, and people have held that against Lamar Jackson for way too long. Now, granted, I know he wasn't great in the playoffs for the first couple years after that, but this is a different player. This is a different team. I'm a little worried because I think the Chiefs have figured a lot out. That offense, it's not what it was in its most dynamic days, Yeah, but it's a lot closer to that than it was to the mess we saw even a month ago on Christmas Day when they lost to the Raiders. Even then, I think this game being in Baltimore, I think the Ravens are a more complete, well-rounded team. The entire offense, you look at the defense, I think their defense is better than the Chiefs. The offense as a unit, it's not Patrick Mahomes, but the offense as an entire unit, especially getting Mark Andrews back, I think the Ravens are better. And one thing I think the Chiefs take advantage of in a lot of games is that they have a much better head coach. Andy Reid coaches circles around a lot of these guys. Well, they don't have that in this game. You have pretty even or as close to even as you're going to get with Reid, who has the Super Bowl championships, with a guy like John Harbaugh. And not only is it the Ravens' year, I think it's the Harbaugh's year. And Harbaugh gets his team into the uh, yeah. Super Bowl. So I don't love that I have to give the hook here, but I'm going to do it. Ravens minus three and a half. We're going game to game yeah, here? Yeah, uh, game to game. All right. Uh, I'm in agreement with Fleegs. Look, I've been saying all year that I thought the Chiefs, that there was something missing. That there were, sure. they were just, they, it didn't seem right. It didn't feel right. And they had the, all the fingerprints of get into the playoffs, get a bad matchup, and be gone either in the wild card or divisional round. And, Oh, so bad to have a bad year and be gone in the divisional round. How, how we would love to have those problems. That's what it felt like. Yep. They've done a lot. I mean, Fleece, the last month, it, it, things have definitely changed. I, I didn't think that they would get through Buffalo because I felt like Buffalo had a little bit of... I, I felt they were fraudulent, but they had Mojo going. I bit into it, which like a moron. I bet against Patrick Mahomes, which made no sense. But this is different. This is a big to ask to go into Baltimore, a team that got some confidence and they just flat out rolled in the second half, a team that was on fire with the Texans, and they made C.J. Stroud, who made some nice throws, they made it look ordinary. And that was a guy, it's not like, oh, well, he turned into a rookie. No, wow. he didn't. 
He looked good. He looked yeah. like he had the part. There was nobody open. The entire defense did a really nice job. They shut it down. Now, the Texans don't have a great running game to begin with, but they still, they made it not even a factor, and they forced it on Stroud, and no one was open. I feel like this is a spot where the Ravens' defense does a nice job of holding it down. Now, Patrick Mahomes is a different animal than anybody else. You're not going to completely shut him down, but you can hold it down enough, and Lamar Jackson is just on another level right now, and he's he's not afraid. Like, as much as we get on him for all the playoff stuff, that first one with the Flacco, no, that was different. He was a deer in headlights. Yep. He's not afraid, and he's making better decisions, and he's getting smarter at reading everything. I feel like he's going to go off because the Chiefs will do the best they can to try to keep it in front of him, and if he either beats them over the top or he's going to beat them with his legs. But I don't think they can stop him. I don't love the hook, like Fleek said, mm-hmm. but I do like the Ravens to get to the Super Bowl. Give him the Ravens minus three and a half. Yeah, for me, this is the ultimate you know, kind of head versus heart game because I look at this game and I think it's very hard to make a compelling case that the Chiefs are in the same league as the Ravens right now. I think the Ravens are clearly the better football team. But you are getting the best player in the NFL and arguably the greatest quarterback we've seen, you know, this side of Tom Brady, who wins these games all the time. And I agree with all of you guys. I agree that they are trending in the right direction. Now, did they play a Miami defense that's banged up in the freezing cold and elements that they were better at? Yes. Right? Did they did have they had uh, you know, a Buffalo team that was ravaged by injury? Yes. But still, this offense that is dealing with some injuries too. I mean, they you've gotten some issues at the guard. Pacheco hasn't practiced. I expect them to play, but still. Everything for me points to the Ravens except the idea that I'm getting three and a half for Patrick Mahomes. That's the heart. The head is the Ravens. What do you go with? I'm, I have to go with my head. I'm still going to go with it. I think that you've seen Patrick Mahomes at his best. When Patrick Mahomes is at his best, it's stepping up into the pocket making plays. I think Mike McDonald is one of the better defensive coordinators in the sport in his short two years here with the Ravens. And I think they are a completely different team than the linebacking core for uh, for Buffalo. I think they are going to make sure they get some pressure up the middle. Patrick Mahomes is dangerous running outside the pocket. He's deadly running and stepping into, stepping up inside the pocket. They have to limit that. I think they will. I think this Chiefs defense struggles against the run game, which I love. And you mentioned the decisions of Lamar Jackson. For me, When he decides in big games, I think early on he wanted to prove he was a passer. And at times, I think he gets kind of turned inside out, uh, refusing to run, looking for the pass to get away from running the football. In big games, in big spots, we've seen it. He will turn to his legs and his game-breaking ability running the football. I expect him to have a huge day on the ground as well as through the air. And I just... I, I think they're the better team. It's hard to go against Mahomes getting a hook. I agree. But I'm gonna I'm with you guys. I think I got to do it. The Ravens are a better football team, and I expect them to win this game. Give me the Ravens minus three and a half. Marco, let's do 49ers. Uh, you know what? I got bit last week. I really thought that the Niners would roll the Packers. I really did. I thought that they would dominate that game. I thought Green Bay was outclassed. I was disappointed in the effort from Brock Purdy until the final drive where he made the throws that he needed to make. Mm-hmm. Now, is it... A little bit of ah, the playoffs, is the rust, or the week off, is it the rain? A lot of different scenarios. Did he feel a little bit of the nerves and then he was able to quell it? I don't know. Debo Samuel being gone changed the entire game plan? I don't know. It didn't look right. It didn't feel right for what the 49ers were all year. 
That said, I feel like they got their bad game out of the way, mm-hmm. and they were able yep. to still get by. And that's what it's about in the playoffs. You get by, and then you find it. As great as this Lions story has been, this is different. They're going on the road. They're going to be on grass. There's going to be. They're going to have to keep up with the 49ers, and I don't expect the 49ers, who scored, what, 24 points in an awful effort offensively, mm-hmm. To be that bad again. I don't. I just don't believe that. Debo Samuel sound, seems like he's going to play. Limited bases with practice with the shoulder. He brings a different element. But even if he doesn't, Shanahan's going to have a full week to figure it out and to have a different game plan. I was disappointed in him, too. Why didn't you just give the ball to Christian McCaffrey a little bit more? You run yeah. the ball well. He didn't show a lot in that game, too. I believe that he'll make some adjustments that he's smart enough to realize, guys, we need to do what's best and stop being so damn cute. And go to our playmakers. We got them all over the damn field. Let's figure it out. Let's get the ball into McCaffrey's hands. I feel like this offense is going to put up a much better showing. Seven is a lot of points in a championship game. I don't care. Give me the Niners laying the seven. I said last week when I picked the Packers that I thought the Niners were going to get a real scare and then blow out whatever team came to face them on championship Sunday. So I'm sticking with that. I'm a little bit worried, not even about the Debo factor, because I think he will play, even if he's not 100%, he'll give them something. They still have Ayuk and Kittle and McCaffrey Jennings. They'll be fine in that regard. And Shanahan is a smart coach. I worry about him in these tight games, these big games. He gets conservative. Dan Campbell is, you know, Michael Keaton, Batman. Want to get nuts? Let's get yep, nuts. I agree. So I worry about that <laughs> just line. a little bit. Yeah. But this Niners team has been so good all year. And I really thought last week I expected that scare. So I think a lot of you see the public in the NFL world reacting to it or overreacting to it. Yeah. But I'm not worried about it because I just I, I had a sense that it was coming. It made sense after the bye and in the postseason, a tough opponent. I think they roll on Sunday. Yep. Uh, I'm with you. I felt this. I thought they were going to roll Green Bay. I think they're the best team in the NFC. I think I expect them to roll in this game. Now, the weather's supposed to be perfect in San Francisco this week. At least that's what it was yesterday when I checked. So I'm I'm a little less in the whole the Lions go outside the building and they struggle, which they do. I think that's a, a major factor, but it's not. The elements should be fine for them, and this offense has really figured something out here. I think they. I expect the, the point total to be high in this game. But I love the Niners in this game. I think they got their scare. I think Brock Purdy has a big game. And if Debo and McC- uh, Debo plays, here's the thing. The one thing that really, when I look at the defensive matchup, the Lions are fifth in the league in missed tackles. That's what Debo does. That's what McCaffrey does. They run through people. They are physical. They break tackles. I think that that's a major problem for this defense. I expect this offense to roll over the Lions. I think the, the number could, I, th- I like the over. And I, but I do think the Niners cover the seven. I think they're the best team. I think they'll show it. I think the Niners, uh, uh, I think the, the Lions have had their run here, and I think they get beat by a touchdown. I, I thought Green Bay was going to do it. I was wrong. I think they're going to do it again against the Lions. We'll see if I'm right. And you mentioned uh, Dan Campbell. What I will say quickly is I, I my suggestion is I'm going to take the Niners minus seven. If you're thinking about taking the Lions, I want to take a money line because I agree with you. I think Dan Campbell is going to take chances all over the place. I think you could see an onside kick. I think you could see a fake punt. I think you'll see multiple fourth uh, fourth down decisions. I think he will play everything to win the game. And if he's right on a handful of them, you could see them win this football game. And if he's wrong, it could be a blowout. And I think that's the kind of coach Dan Campbell is. That's how he played the whole season. That's how he'll play this game. So I love the Niners minus seven. I'll probably sprinkle a bunch on the uh, some parlays with the Lions uh, money line. 
and things like that. But I just think right now the best team will figure it out. They had the bad game. They're going to run over the Lions. It could be a high-scoring game, but give me San Fran minus seven. All right, all of us agree on both games. So, Flegelman, congratulations on your uh, your win this week. I wish I had this uh, playoffs. I wish I felt differently, but I got to go with my gut. It's gotten me this far. 877-337-6666. All right, we'll come back with a little in uh, same game parlay on the Take a Chance. We'll hear ABBA for, I guess we'll do it for the Super Bowl too. So we're running out of, maybe we'll just figure out a way to do it every Friday. Let's just, we'll play the song every Friday. I think Marco would like that. Yeah, we'll figure it out.